0: and welcome to Gateway Unlocked, MasterCard Payment Gateway's podcast, where we connect with teammates from across the globe and the organization on payment trends, innovation, and ideas that are shaping our business. I'm Ann Herrera, and today I'm joined by David Budzeski, Vice President, Product Management. Hey, David, welcome to the show today.
1: Hi, and Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is David Podewski and I look after the value proposition function within the Gateway business globally. And what that fundamentally means is that we're accountable for driving the product strategy and the end-to-end value proposition across our entire Gateway product solution.
0: Well, David, I'm so glad you joined us today. And um, actually, you've just kind of recently joined MasterCard Payment Gateway Services, honestly. Um, I know we've had COVID. We haven't really gotten to see each other in person, but, um, you know, also just just welcome to the team as well. We were talking a little bit about your um, your role and what you do at MasterCard and something caught my attention. And this is, I know why we're talking today, is is we were talking about how your role shapes the gateway, specifically when we look at design thinking. When we think about design thinking, of course, you think about it as a way to conceptualize and solve problems. And I really see that MasterCard Payment Gateway Services has fantastic problem solvers. But I never thought of design thinking as a way to build and optimize and add features to to a payment gateway. So can you tell our readers and our audience a little bit more about, you know, what is design thinking?
1: Sure, Anne. So at its core, design thinking is a human-centered Um, Proposition. It encourages organisations to focus on the people, customer they're creating for, which leads to better products, services and internal processes. When you sit down to create a solution for a business need, the first question we should always ask is what is the human behind the need? In employing design thinking, we're pulling together what's desirable from a human point of view with what is technologically feasible and economically viable. It allows those who are trained as designers to use creative tools to address a vast range of challenges. The process starts with taking action and understanding the right question. It's all about embracing simple mindset shifts and tackling problems from a new direction. And whilst I said that it is fundamentally for trained designers, it is also a concept now that is making its way to the broader product function with less focus on having to be a a dedicated designer um, and having more of the general skills to be able to apply to the day-to-day operation of a product function.
0: So then that makes sense that, you know, you're you're in product management and and you work, I'm sure, with design thinking and probably not just within this job, but but previous jobs as well. You know, what kind of led you into this? Because I feel like design thinking itself is perhaps new. And please correct me if I'm wrong. But even in the payments industry, when we talk about human centered, we just think of, well, if you're a consumer, you think of, did the payment go through? And if you're a merchant... Did I get paid, you know, and should I give those those goods or services? So how did design thinking intertwine into the payments? And, you know, and specifically for you, I mean, is this something that you were passionate about before and then did you get into payments or or was it vice versa?
1: So design thinking um, as a framework and concept has been around for for decades. For me personally, I was introduced to uh, design thinking almost 10 years ago when I was building solutions for for government agencies. So clearly at that point, Payments mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily um, the, the core domain for me. But since then, my affinity for design thinking or, or human-centered design has evolved and I've had the opportunity to not only apply the framework to dozens of projects, but also work with what some would say are the founders of the term design thinking, being IDEO. The concept mm-hmm. of having a un- deep understanding of the products has captivated me and seeing the results of applying this approach has spurred me to advocate and implement the concept throughout my career, not only personally, but within my my team's. At MasterCard, a leading global technology organization, design thinking is well embedded through the learning and product frameworks, which is driving the differentiation of our solutions. It's how we now start to embrace that within the payments and gateway ecosystem to really ensure that we are solving the problems with that customer or that user at the center of everything that we do.
0: So you think that's, is that your favorite aspect of design thinking is perhaps the problem solving? Do you like the process? What is your your favorite aspect of design thinking?
1: My favorite aspect is the engagement with customers. Having Mm. the opportunity to sit there with the customer, hear firsthand what their challenges are, and then working collaboratively to solve for that challenge. And ensuring that challenge is is not only isolated um, for that customer in the way we solve for it but it is scalable and transferable to all our other customers uh, within the Gateway business and obviously in other product functions. And that's why creating personas is a fundamental part of the process within Gateway. We start with the customer persona that defines the different audience that we are looking to engage with or solve for. And we use that as a foundational basis for then the design thinking process
0: yeah that was actually a good you you're referencing a podcast that we have with Matt Evans I would say probably in in early maybe May of, of 2021 and and that was also eye-opening for me because I, I loved how our customer persona is not the only the only persona that we have on the Gate but we also are considering the consumers, the small business owners and then of course of course our partners as well. So one of my first questions was let's talk about the process you know we our main partners are our white label acquirers and yes you know we definitely go from our white label acquirers to their merchants to then their customers but if if a white label acquirer or one of our partners is having a challenge how how do they get how do they get engaged with your team you know what is what is the process
1: sure so in terms of the process of engaging um, we fundamentally look to engage through our regional product functions who then work with our customers to really create that connectivity. We either do it on a reactive basis if a customer has a has a problem statement that they'd like to work with us to solve for, or conversely, we have a more proactive approach. And that's really about framing the strategy for us and, and looking to shape what the future of the product, the gateway product looks like. And through that process, we effectively run a number of ideation or collaboration workshops with either internal stakeholders as well as external stakeholders. And we look to start breaking down the problem statements. So we ask a number of questions through um, the course of a number of of workshops and get to the root of the problem that we are collectively trying to solve. And from that point, we then start to build upon what a potential solution could look like. And that solution development is not only about sitting within an office space, ideating, Building a view of what a solution is—it's actually an open feedback loop where we talk to either one customer or a number of customers and look to to test the concept, validate our thinking as we go through that journey, and and iterate. And that's an important part of design thinking—is the iteration process. You know, we're never, we'll never start with the right answer to begin with. We'll need to go through an evolutionary process, test, get feedback until we get to a point where we feel we have actually solved that problem statement in an adequate fashion that we are then ready to move into the next um, journey of the product development cycle. And at that stage, we go through through a build process and we may create low fidelity or high fidelity prototypes. Generally, once you start development, we move into the high fidelity prototypes. And again, through that process, we look to test and, and validate. So the intent is to ensure that we're always coming back to the customer we are always testing the concept or the product that we are building, ensuring that we're aligning to that originating problem statement. And even throughout the product's life cycle, when it moves into a natural uh, a natural state as product leaders and and innovators, our goal is to ensure that we evolve those products so how do we do that we continue that cycle of feedback constant feedback with our customers be it the acquirers the merchants and the end consumers so we never stand still our problem statement is never a problem statement that is static we continue to um to test evolve that over the course of the uh the product life cycle
0: I love that. I love the fact that you said that, you know, nothing is ever static and how really design thinking influences our proactive strategy and, and, and development. I, I think that's great. So can you give us some examples or share with us, you know, how does design thinking influence our, our gateway development?
1: Absolutely. Design thinking has a profound impact, not only how we design and build our products, but more importantly, how we think about our customer and who those customers are. I touched on the fact that there are multiple customers' personas within the gateway business that we need to be conscious of and take through the the journey. And that is you know, that is going to influence each of the different fun- features and functions that we we build. Um, and it's not just about the top line strategy. It's, as noted, how we actually take those personas and, and understand what the drivers are of those personas that will influence um, a new feature such as an alternate payment method that we may e- enable. How does the consumer interact with, with that alternate payment method through any of our channels within the gateway business? How does the merchant actually look to understand that alternate payment method and then use that as a point of acceptance for their customers being the consumers? And finally, how does how do our acquiring partners also understand that and have a different level of context around the product or, or offering so they can proactively engage with their merchants, help educate them on the value that um, that capability um, will deliver, both at a technical and a commercial level. So we think about it through all those um, all those different lenders and there are several ways of, of viewing benefits of design thinking um, within an organization and the way we think about it within the gateway business. As a process, it's a, it's a great catalyst for change and evolution. Internally, for us, it's a way of building collaboration between often solo teams. It creates a space for the productive sharing of ideas and building innovative solutions that have the broadest possible support at their inception. And it's a process that translates the sometimes disparate languages that different parts of an organization use to communicate into a single clear narrative that everyone can understand. At MPGS, many of the challenges are now tackled from the start with the cross-functional teams. Um, we have a vast network of stakeholders that we engage through through the process, and each part of the business is invested in discovering and deploying the solution from the lofty heights of strategy to the coalface of customer transaction flows. Within these teams, each now has a much improved respect and understanding of the range of skills and how each brings great value to the organisation and more importantly, the customer.
0: I love that, and and you know, we've worked together, so you know me, I'm a bit of a process fan as well. And I think what I find most exciting about design thinking and what I find most, not insightful, but perhaps just the most unique and just fantastic part is that when you go through this process, you know, the challenge that maybe you immediately think is the challenge, isn't always the real root challenge, you know, after you have stakeholder meetings and interviews and you really get to the, to the, you know, the meat of the issue, you sometimes find out, correct me if I'm wrong, that it's actually, it might be something else completely that you, that you need to solve for.
1: Absolutely. And, and as you say, that's the beauty of design thinking and having that collaborative process is that you start with an assumption and that in itself is obviously a danger that okay. we need to be uh, mindful of. And we're always asking questions and you're always probing to really understand what is the true driver behind the behind the need. Yep. And that fundamentally then will get you to, to, to that income, uh, end outcome. And, and, and as you said, that's the great thing is we start with a view and that view by the end of the process looks vastly different to, to where we started. So so it's cliche, but it is a journey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And inquisitive minds. I think that's always very important, especially in the payments industry where things are are changing, especially so, you know, within the past year, within the past five years, rapid change, rapid development to really the end goal of creating a seamless, frictionless, you know, safe and secure gateway. And, you know, transaction, of course, for the customer, the merchant, you know, the, the banking partner. So- I I think we've hit on so many fun things, but I want to dive in a little bit deeper. So how would you say design thinking and then also studying the customer engagement, the customer personas that, that Matt talked about last month really does impact our goal? Of uh, of creating that that frictionless payment because I think it's it's such um it's a wonderful build you know you ha- and this is why we've done these podcasts this way is you take the customer persona and like you said earlier it's really the base and then you add on the design thinking and it really builds such a fantastic product
1: absolutely so when I take into context the vision of seamless frictionless safe and secure gateway design thinking takes those fundamental pillars and applies a collaborative framework. To put the user first so what does that mean we start the design journey with the end user uh, at the beginning of the ideation process and mm. work backward to solve the experiential requirements of of the said user as as we've been discussing design thinking calls for collaboration creating a positive environment that's great for growth and experimenting a great quote is herbert simon a professor of psychology at carnegie Mellon university said there are no judgments in design thinking this eliminates the fear of failure and encourages maximum input and participation wild ideas are welcome since these often lead to the most creative solutions and i think that's just such a good representation of what the process what the journey should be should be about there are no wrong ideas there's no idea that is you know too audacious for us to to tackle and apply through um through through the process so it's important to um to create consider many options for similar problems, even when the solution seems obvious. Having multiple perspectives can lead to innovative approaches and diversity uh, of minds in that process is, is vitally uh, important. And design thinking helps shift focus away from a features-first approach to a user-first mentality. By observing and speaking directly to users, we can solve the problems that real people face. That's the difference between adding value versus blighting adding features based upon assumptions. Mm -hmm. Great problem solving taps into a customer's feelings and experiences to provide purposeful and informed changes. Design perspectives don't just address challenges, they rethink them entirely. The tendency to reshape problems leads to innovation that seems deceptively simple with the user constantly in mind design thinking ensures that these solutions are intuitive and even humanizing so i think with in saying all that that's the effect that's the change that we're trying to drive within the gateway and that fundamentally speaks to our vision of that seamless frictionless safe and secure gateway the way we solve for that and the way we achieve that vision is through employing these these principles and through employing a diverse set of minds that we bring along the journey be it our customer be it our internal teams internal cross-functional teams that may have no affinity to the product to the product domain when we think about developing a product we will have input from our legal departments we'll have you know our infosec or, or security team come along the journey and through that um that interaction that's where we unlock i think the greatest power of this process
0: i think that sounds fantastic i mean wild ideas diversity and yeah i think i see how going through that process you're going a bit into the into the great unknown for sure you know you're not sure what will come out or what will be the the end result on the other end it sounds like
1: absolutely um you you don't have a clear finishing point and and again that's part of the excitement of i guess Having the opportunity for us to work in the space that we do, having the opportunity to um, employ these uh, these these frameworks, and you know we are solving for something that may not you know exist today. Um, and mm-hmm. a future trend that may emerge in, you know, in the months or, or years to come.
0: No, I think that's, that's great. And it's, it's, it's showing our, our forward thinking and, and I love that. So, okay. So we talked about, you know, unexpected and kind of expecting the unexpected. I'd love stories. So what are some of the more unexpected trends that, you know, perhaps were discovered maybe in some design thinking or, consumer behaviors that you're that you're kind of going through design thinking now and and not just how to fix or how to you know move forward from those challenges but you know what are what are some some things especially with the pandemic you know I think as we move into post pandemic recovery and I know every country is in different stages of that you know how does that impact our gateway and and how will design thinking move us forward with that?
1: Yeah, fantastic um, question. Well, there's no doubt amongst our people of the pandemic, we've seen several longer term macroeconomic trends persist and, and accelerate. You know, with social distancing becoming the norm, the shift towards cashless societies developed at speed. Across the globe, merchants have adjusted to this trend by providing contactless terminals, QR codes in store or exclusively selling online or a combination of, of of both, so blurring that physical and digital environment together. Another trend that we've seen is the rise of new local payment methods. When cash-based payments was the global norm, you would just exchange a, a coin for a piece of paper. Today, payments are culturally bound. Some regions favour e-wallets, others favour bank transfers, credit cards buy now, pay later solutions. To address shoppers' needs, merchants need the ability to identify and support emerging consumer behaviours as fast as possible. Over the past year, we also saw increased awareness of the social and ecological impacts of consumerism. A recent study noted that 62% of respondents stated that the ethics of retailers are now more important to them because of the pandemic. New technologies have a role to play by providing consumers with options to take responsibility for their purchases. For example, offsetting the carbon footprint of their purchases or donating to charities at the at the checkout experience, which we at MasterCard have sold through concepts or products like MasterCard Donate. So those trends have emerged or accelerated as a result of the pandemic. And for us in Gateway, they have had a profound impact on and you know, the way we are shaping and we think about our strategy. And one of the key themes that I touched on was connecting the online and offline worlds. The digitisation, of global commerce, you know, is increasingly prevalent. And as noted, the pandemic has shown that resilience of merchants who are able to rapidly transfer their physical to digital channels are those merchants that are likely to see out the challenge and the evolving ecosystem that we that we live in. Around the world, we saw people rushing to their favorite stores or restaurants when these reopened consumers are still deeply attached to the unique experience and the social aspect offered by physical outlets. Unified commerce or the convergence of Mm. offline and online channels will continue to be a major theme in the upcoming years. Shoppers expect a single brand experience regardless of whether they're buying online or offline. A good example is the rise of personalized virtual shopping. From home, a shopper can join a video call with a sales representative to see available collections in the store and receive advice. And when the shopper is ready to purchase, the representative sends them a secure payment link by message and the transaction can be settled seconds. So if I take that as a trend and think about the influence it's having on the direction we're driving our product proposition, the way our customers in the retail sector, in the hospitality sector are responding, that is having you know a, a significant shift. And the way we look to solve for that problem is going through that engagement process, that collaborative process with our customers using the design thinking framework. Now, without giving too much away, um, these are certainly areas that um, we think about every day in gateway, and we continue to do to think about them every day because they're ever evolving. They're not going to stand still. These trends that we experience and we've seen over the last twelve months will accelerate and will, I guess, for a lack of a better word, mutate <laughs> and, and augment based on the ongoing changing societal needs. Uh, another a point there is. That you know, unified commerce is here to stay. Of The term unified or omnichannel has been around for some time and it's been bantered around for, for quite a bit. And in some parts of the world, it's been seen as a buzzword. But as new technologies have become an essential asset to connecting the digital and physical worlds, by offering centralized shopper insights on both online and in-person transactions, where we're seeing that as a fundamental need of our customers that is accelerating. And we've seen data that shows 50% of unified commerce retailers saw transactions remain consistent during the the pandemic. And what a what a result that is where in a scenario where we're not able to or limited on how much access and exposure we can have retailers were realizing that transactions were remaining consistent because of the the product offering that they were able to provide to their customers and the different channel interaction they could afford so it was no longer about necessarily just having to either shop online or or offline i could either start my journey online finish and offline or vice versa and the simplest example of that is is click and collect which we now all take for granted but i know for me I would do my grocery shopping through, uh, through my mobile app uh, and my grocer, order it, and whenever I'm ready, I'll uh, pick it up from a safe and secure location within the grocer's network. I know that payment has been processed securely through, through my existing account, but I can then blur that experience by actually going in store and picking the goods up. So a very basic premise of, of how unified commerce uh, has influenced our lives is exactly that, the click and collect concept.
0: Yeah, and I do recall now that we're talking about that, I think it was and and this makes perfect sense in regards to design thinking. And like you said, the evolution of what we were seeing in the pandemic. I know that we just what right right before the holiday shopping season in October, November, we implemented click and collect for those small business merchants too. Because I mean, when we think about the global economy, our small business merchants are so important and they impact, you know, our globe. And and we need to do obviously what we can, what we can to uh, protect them and keep them competitive with with those larger merchants. So I loved the examples. I really especially love the example of the personal shopper. <laughs> <laughs> for me personally. Um I'm gonna have to see if some of my favorite stores do that. Um well, that would resonate. Yeah, yeah. no, that resonated wonderfully with me. Thank you, David. So, okay, I know we can't look into the future, but if we're talking about the blur of digital and online and unified commerce, just your personal perspective, we've been talking about peak season planning. How are big merchants and, and partners, banking partners can help their merchants prepare for peak season? And I know me personally, this year, I've, I've been a little bit of a revenge shopper, you know, I've been buying more experiences and spending a little bit more maybe than I should. And, and I'm just wondering, do you think that's going to be just a general, perhaps trend? Like, what is your perspective on what the holiday shopping season might, might be this year?
1: It's going to be a really interesting um, one, and I think you know, with the constraint of consumers being locked down in their homes for such a long time, there will no doubt be a consistency in theme whereby many will continue to have those online experiences and prefer that because of the safety element that provides, mm-hmm. without the need of having to go into um, into a store. But I, I fundamentally think there's going to be a huge influx of that in person. Uh, shopping experience, which we now probably all take for granted, and for the best part of 18 months, haven't had an opportunity to to go and uh, experience that outside of buying groceries, which I can I'm sure you can all appreciate is can only be exciting for so for so long. So I really think that in-store experience is going to come back and come back with with a vengeance. How retailers, merchants respond to that by providing more enhanced experiences through the learnings that they've been able to take through through the pandemic, and and look to potentially blur that and introduce a, a digital experience into that physical experience will be something that um, may pr- proliferate and may resonate with with many shoppers. But I, I really think a basic trend and response will be more of us will be out there spending time in store and just having the the pleasures, being able to experience those pleasures that we weren't able to experience of, of the of the past. And you know, we see in the payment in the payment ecosystem from an experience perspective there's also the different payment methods that have emerged and accelerated through through the pandemic buy now pay later is you know a term 12 18 months ago that many wouldn't have wouldn't necessarily have responded to but now pay, buy now pay later has penetrated i think the buying experience of of most millennials and and other generations and that in itself is reshaping that that retail experience it's no longer about me having to go and purchase an item and pay it all up front i can split obviously that the cost of that product over a set number of of instalments and you know we're seeing banks from an issuing context respond differently to that and providing their their own products through the credit card that can enable that capability you have a plethora of different apps that also support that that experience as well, and whilst not here yet, uh, I think an emerging trend that will accelerate more as we look into the future is going to be the proliferation of digital currency. And again, how does that reshape our buying experience and the pivot from the, the traditional tender that we're uh, all very used to, to now a an emerging digital currency that still obviously has a long way to go in terms of its maturity cycle, but we're seeing more and more acceptance of, of digital currencies in different retail contexts, automobile dealers in some instances are now accepting uh, digital currency to purchase vehicles. We're seeing it across different retail offerings uh, also. So whilst not an immediate, I think trend that we'll, uh, we'll see impacting our, our Christmas um, buying pattern in uh, in the Christmases to come, I could foresee digital currency also playing a far bigger role in in how we buy and how we interact at the checkout experience or through the online experience.
0: That makes complete sense. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely assumed that I was not the only consumer in the world who missed so badly going into her favorite store with like a coffee in hand and just browsing. So yeah, I agree with you. I think that I can definitely see that in person shopping will will definitely will definitely come back, like you said, with with a vengeance. Okay. So this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast, David. <laughs> I love to ask kind of you've got a fantastic captive audience what would be your pitch what is your one sentence pitch on why design thinking is critical to developing a successful gateway
1: for me it really centers around the mindset change that we're we're driving yes there's the customer element that we we will need to embed but the exciting part for me and i think the the part of the story that will leave a legacy is the improvement and value that we're driving here is in ensuring that we're embedding this within our people, within our teams to apply not only in their current roles, but in future roles as well. And the term that I like to use is that we're investing and in building future fit leaders for, for MasterCard and, and other organizations. And what that means for me is that through the context of design thinking, um, we're ensuring that the customer from here on in will be at the center of everything that we do, be it in Gateway or in other parts of the organization or, or in other organizations. So we are building a legacy. We're investing in our people who can take this concept and move it forward throughout you know the years and generations to come. And the intrinsic method of building product starts to break down and we have a, a fundamental change to putting the customer first. And And for me, that starts with that mindset shift.
0: Well, it was a little over a sentence, but I liked it.
1: I'm glad it's, yeah, it's hard to contextualize. Um, but it's it's clearly something for me you know I'm deeply passionate about, and you know I'm really further impassioned by the fact that you know we have an opportunity here to, as I said, to invest in our people, to to change their perception, their approach to work, and and embrace a new way of working. And that new way of working will have a profound impact in in the community for for years and decades to come.
0: I love that. no, I love that, and I definitely, I definitely see that. Do you feel that our our partners and their customers? I mean, probably not their con- the consumers. You know, they they again they don't perhaps maybe see as much intricacy as we do in in you know taking or and accepting a payment. But when we talk about that mindset. Do you feel that our partners also see what design thinking means to to the gateway, or do you feel that we're leading them a little bit towards this?
1: it's certainly a blend of uh, a blend of both and the opportunity that we have in our hands at the moment is to be able to work with our customers and our partners to embed the the mindset and share the learnings that we have you know share the insights that we have as as mastercard and as a thought leader to support their strategic imperatives in the direction they're taking. Some customers will have a greater affinity with concepts like design thinking. They may have their own competency within the organization, which is fantastic. And in those moments, that's where I think, you know, we can unlock the greatest value where you have the, the two parties coming together and really aligning And working to to solve the the bigger problem but where that doesn't necessarily exist it's really about how do we support the customer how do we take them on the journey how do we embed that mindset how do we leave that legacy uh, with them and their people so they can then apply it to other parts of their organization their products that impact their customers as well
0: that sounds fantastic Again, looking looking forward, what what do you think is is next in regards for Mastercard payment gateway services and design thinking and and with our partners and and with our customer
1: personas? So yeah, for me, what's next is really centered um, around instilling a new way of thinking, a new way of solving problems and. I've overused that that terminology, but it is with, you know, a clear intent. As we ground these principles across our teams in in MPGS and the organization, the improvements to our value proposition will naturally be delivered. You know, we have an ambitious change agenda ahead of us. And to realize our vision of being a trusted advisor to our customers throughout white-label offering, you know, we intend to differentiate and continue innovating using the principles of design thinking. So the future for us in MPGS is really about embracing the concept and ensuring that we embed it in everything that we do and it just doesn't become rhetoric that we reference from time to time it truly becomes a way of working or a way of living for us
0: these are exciting times i really feel that these are very exciting times within mastercard within the payment industry and then with also you know within mastercard payment gateway services from moving into the future in regards to design thinking our strategy our development our value prop the industry as a whole, payments as a whole, it's definitely not boring. A lot of change is either eminent or, or it's in process for sure.
1: Definitely. I've always said that payment is an exciting space to be in. So uh, we uh, continue to live that and realize that every day and uh, there will be ongoing trends and shifts um, to that and payments influences as we've noted, our experience as as consumers in so many ways that we probably don't necessarily realise. So we are in a very fortunate position to be able to shape how consumers interact, um, be it online or in store or both. Yeah,
0: yeah, or both, or just a completely unified experience. To take that wording from you. Well, David, thank you for joining me. You know, in closing, I think this was a fantastic conversation. Any, if you have any last thoughts, anything last to share?
1: Well, firstly, thank you for the opportunity, and It has been a great conversation. And, um, you know, my final thought for, for the conversation is, you know, I encourage everyone to really understand the values of design thinking, how they can even uh, at a small scale, embrace the concepts within their businesses even within the way on a personal context you, uh, you, you solve problems and uh, by going down that journey I really think that we can make a fundamental shift in our experiences that we deliver to our customers um, whatever our product or our offering is.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, David. I have a feeling you're going to be a repeat guest on this podcast. This was a really great conversation. And I know I learned a lot, you know, from just scratching the surface from what I knew with design thinking to really how we're applying it for our partners, their customers, consumers, and and how it's shaping the, the evolution of our gateway and and payments as a whole. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and we will catch you next time. Thank you.